Hi, it's Phil Brown, and I'm here with David Whelan, and we are embarking on uh, part two of our Jargon podcast for 2015. Right. If you haven't heard the uh, first uh, six letters of the alphabet, A through F, uh, you'll find them uh, on our website. But let's start with G now, Phil. What do you got for G? G is for gig or gigabyte. And uh, one of the questions is, how big is a gigabyte? So it can be uh, a billion bytes, but that still doesn't tell us much. And and I guess the big question is, how much uh, information can you store in a gigabyte? And it really depends on the kind of information you're storing. And uh, for instance, uh, different versions of Word, you can store different number of documents. In the newest version of Word, you can store about 7,000 Word files. Uh, and that's because there's quite a bit of compression that's done. Uh, using the old uh, .doc version of Word, you would be able to store about 4,500 documents. Wow, that's a huge difference. It's quite a difference. Quite a bit of uh, zipping going on in some of those files. So if I want to buy a new computer, how many gig do I need in it? Uh, I think now a lot of the computers have gone from worrying about how much internal storage there is, uh, and they expect you to get some external storage or to store most of your information in the cloud. And of course, that has potential inherent risks. Uh, but I, I'm not sure how much. I, I, I guess the amount is the amount that's going to allow you to run your operating system efficiently. It's probably one of those more is better things. More is always better. Uh, I, I guess not all memory is, is equal either, and some of it's going to be slower than, than other memory in terms of storing and be able, being able to access that memory later. All right. What about H? H uh, is heart bleed. Um, heart bleed is, uh, is sort of a pesky little thing that's been around uh, for quite a while, a couple of years, uh, and is related to the open SSL system or secure socket layer system. And it's on about 70% of the internet, uh, OpenSSL, used with Apache servers. And, and, and it's really something that's used in just about everything, whether it's chat, instant message, email, uh, accessing web servers. Uh, and the only way really to guard against it is uh, having the most up-to-date versions of OpenSSL running. Now, are most lawyers going to have uh, SSL running on their computers? Uh, it's going to be running on most of the web that they're accessing as opposed to their own computers, uh, hopefully. Uh, although I suppose it could be running on the uh, their firm website servers. Right. I guess one thing they could do is if they've got this uh, Heartbleed vulnerability is that they could test their SSL connections. But I guess they should also be aware of when they're connecting to a bank or something that uses SSL, they should know whether that one uses something that might have Heartbleed. Yes, and also the banks running Windows XP and things like that. <laughs> uh, I is for the Internet of Things. Ooh, the Internet of Things. I love the Internet of Things. And, and the Internet of Things is going to play a bigger part uh, in the next five to ten years um, with some of the Bluetooth and Wi-Fi stuff that's out there connecting your home so you can... Uh, initialize your coffee maker from work on your way home or uh, turn lights on and off and heat up and down and air condition management and, and a number of things like that. And of course, it potentially comes with a number of vulnerabilities in terms of the security. Uh, a lot of these things uh, really don't have the 
ability to update the security within them. Right. And I, I think what I've heard is that uh, a lot of these are coming with um, a version of Linux or a free operating system on them uh, because that makes the device cheaper to produce and to distribute, um, but also makes it uh, older software in some cases, or as you say, uh, software that can't be updated. And so you can potentially have a bunch of things that the latest one I've heard about is the toaster, an internet connected toaster. I don't know how that works if you're not there to put the bread in it, though. Um, you'll have all these devices that uh, are, have, you know, passwords that you've got to worry about and connectivity issues you're going to have to worry about. And I and I think one of these things is going to come back to managing your network. Uh, and, you know, when you unwrap that network for the first time, make sure you change your administrative name and your administrative passwords and set your uh, Mac permissions so that other devices can't connect and, and just keep an eye on your Wi-Fi and make sure it's uh, updated often and, and you have the most up-to-date uh, security software that you can manage. Do you think Internet of Things is going to be more of an issue for lawyers in their firm or in their homes where they're doing work? I, I think it's more likely to be in their homes, uh, especially where they're sharing networks and uh, and they might have other less secure devices on that home network, um, sort of a... Uh, mishmash of bring your own device problems. Uh, so your nanny cam, for instance, which might have been handed down from someone else, uh, might not be very secure versus a newer version or might not or, or might be exposing a vulnerability to your home office computer where you access your banking information. Sounds like a great time to go live in a cave. It, it's one of those things maybe uh, you want to disconnect some of those devices uh, that are great for convenience, but you know, do you really need an internet-enabled toaster or coffee maker uh, in your home? I'm thinking you do. <laughs> what, what about Jay? Jay, uh, it, it, I, juice jacking is just a term I'm going to toss out. Uh, we have an entire podcast about it um, as one of the components of the podcast. But it's really about um, when you go and you and you see one of those kiosks where you can plug in your device to charge it. Um, while you're, you know, spending some spare time. So maybe you've noticed your phone is uh, is almost dead and you're running through the path or in a mall somewhere and you see one of these stands where you can just plug it in and it's brought to you by the local camera store or whoever. It may not be and you just have to be very wary that uh, one of the things you're potentially doing is exposing all of your information for download while you're plugging your device in to recharge. A USB uh, port has uh, four little pieces of metal inside if you look inside. Uh, two of those are for data and two of them are for power. So uh, you should be aware that when you stick it in there um, and you're getting the power over those two, you could also be receiving data over the other two. And, and that's the other thing is you might be receiving a virus uh, or something connected to a bot that's going to download your information later at some other time. But is it always safe to plug in as long as it's an actual plug and not a USB? Um, it, as long as it's a, a plug that's physically located in the wall, I suppose, uh, but again, there's also some potential vulnerabilities with uh, um, power bars and things like that, which might not be what they seem. Yeah, I love those. <laughs> okay, we were talking about those Internet of Things devices that are hard to uh, hard to update. Why are they hard to update? I think that's our letter K. Uh, th that's because of the, the kernel, um, which is not related to popcorn. It is really about the, the base level of your operating system. Uh, and operating systems are done in multi-layers. 
so that uh, you'll have one layer that deals with your port connections and another layer that deals with how it handles uh, visual objects and another one that might deal with printer connections and so on. The, the kernel is that base layer that sort of helps start up your computer and determines the the what is what memory is allocated to each little thing at that at that base layer and the more efficient the kernel is the better your operating system is going to work so windows has a kernel and mac os has a kernel and i guess that's why with linux you have so many different types of linux they all share the linux kernel but then they've got other stuff that's that's layered on top of it which brings us to l, l and linux uh, <clears throat> and maybe you can tell us a bit about linux because it's another operating system that's out there that's different. It's quite distinct from uh, from Mac OS and uh, and Windows. Linux uh, is an operating system that was developed by a guy na- named I think it's Linus, but it's it's definitely spelled L-I-N-U-S. So similar to the operating system, and uh, the the great idea behind that was it was this open source operating system. And so over the decades now, I guess it's been out there. Uh, many people have adopted it, and it has become really a core uh, element of the web. It runs a lot of web servers that are out there. It runs a lot of application servers. It might even be running file servers in your law firm. Uh, the one place it hasn't gotten to is the desktop. So you probably haven't seen it, but uh, it's gotten a lot of press recently because it has um, some features that uh, you may prefer over Windows 10, um, but it also has some of the same features that we're starting to see in Windows 10. So it's interesting that this open source uh, system that has been out for so long uh, is has now got some traits that we're starting to see in the mainstream. And, and maybe another podcast will be uh, devoted to talking about the differences between proprietary software and, and open source software and advantages and disadvantages of each. Yeah, I love Linux. Uh, I don't think it's for most lawyers. Um, but it certainly is an option out there, and I know that there are some diehards. Uh, and just like in the old Word, Word Perfect days, um, they, they will have their Linux machines pulled from their cold, dead hands. <laughs> That's our, our look at uh, at uh, letters 6 through uh, 12 in the Jargon Podcast, uh, Part 2. And uh, thanks a lot, David. Thanks, Phil.